Bam, bam, bam. What's good, Hollywood? Welcome back to Getting Down with Chris Brown, where I will be giving you an exclusive look deep into my life at all the bad lad things that go on. Everything from business to booties, sales to senoritas, and everything and anything which is fun, entertaining, and informative. So my goal here is to remove the barrier between entertainment and education. So stay tuned to some of the surprises that we have in store for you in the in the distant future. Okay? So in today's episode, episode number 2, bam bam bam. I'm going to tell you a story about one of my biggest challenges and failures that I've had since I was uh, well, when I was a teen when I was a teenager which ended up being one of the my biggest life lessons pretty much and it pretty much set the foundations for my future. So back when I was about 15 years of age, uh, you know, being the old smart ass I had braces, I was in year 9 at high school, and I remember one night I was um, back from soccer training, and I was sitting on the couch having a talk to my mum about what I wanted to do when I left school. So at that stage in my life, I was you know, very young, immature, but I had already worked in a few different, um, different like industries, different uh, have had already had a few different types of work, t- types of jobs. I'm sorry, and um, and yeah. So the legal age to work where where I grew up, which is you know in Sydney, it was like 16 and nine months. I'm pretty sure, and that's to to actually pay taxes. That's the, the youngest age you can work. But I'd already started working with my old man uh, on the golf course. I think what. Since I was about 10, 10 and 11 onwards, I started working in, in the mornings, on weekends, on Sundays, on the golf course. And, and then after that, me and my dad would go straight from there to our soccer games. But it was pretty badass for someone like such a young age, where he told me that I could earn like $40 per week. And all it pretty much was, was driving around on the quad bike, on like the ATV, Move the the, the tees, rake the bunkers when when required. When people had like left them messy, that's like the little sand bu- the sand banks on the golf courses. We'd have to rake them, um, dejew the greens, and then after that we just bounced to our soccer games. So I was super happy at the time, happy as Larry to just be zooming around on the quad bike and getting paid a substantial amount of money for my age. And then I think from then on, I was like, oh, yeah, I like earning money. Because, like, I've, I had, like, my own little little piggy bank, which I saved my money. And I felt like a baller, you know? And then, so soon enough, my mum got me a job at the local butcher shop, like Peter's Meats, represent. And I started working a few days a week in the afternoon. And, you know, that started with cleaning and packing up. And then soon enough led to co-running the shop on Sundays, where on Sundays it's even it's great pay. I think it's uh, I think it was double time, but more importantly, working at that shop was super fun. Like they got the the vibes were always fun, entertaining. We'd just be having a laugh all day, 
and uh, you know serving the, the the customers that you get in and like especially in Katoomba in the Blue Mountains you get some weird characters coming in all day yeah so after a while I was working Sundays with uh, the, the other guy working there he's his name was, was Sansy he was about 30 years old he, he was Kiwi Again, same with podcast number one. Another Kiwi, jacked as fuck. He had like a sleeve, t- uh, sleeve tattoo, and he even actually had the Jake the Mus spider, t- uh, spider web, no, spider tattoo on his neck. Uh, so if anyone has seen that movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, what's it called? Once, Once Were Warriors. Badass Kiwi movie from New Zealand. Um, and yeah, working with Santi, we'd we'd get like every girl. That walked past would be coming in and like trying to hit onto Sansy all day. So it'd be like super fun, just like flirting with girls all day, getting all weird people coming in. Um, and like after a while, we, we started getting like a warning because we weren't like selling too much. We'd end up just fucking around all day. So the boss said, We better start selling a decent amount of meat. Um, otherwise, like he'll probably take, take back over. So we're like, Okay, let's sort it out. And then after that time, that's when um, Sandy started t- like teaching me a few little sales tricks, sales techniques, so we could still have as much fun, but sell a lot more meat without doing half as much work. Um, and I think that's my first little taste to kind of uh, upselling people, because like, like in a butcher shop with sales, it's like the people are there, they're hot clients, so they came, they come in, they want to buy meat, and then we'd be giving them like one-time offers, upselling, and just trying to like sell as much as possible with doing the least amount of work. And th- yeah, that, that, that was like my first experience working kind of in sales, because he'd he'd be like fucking around, and he'd be like, come on, you like just like jane me up to make me like sell a lot uh, a lot of meat and and we actually done pretty good and okay so soon enough i had set a goal to buy like a a new like commodore holden ute it's like an australian ute and i was looking at paying you know around thirty five thousand, and like that, that that's a fair bit of money at that time and I don't know, that was just like one of those young little goals. You, you visualize yourself cruising around in like a nice ute, you know, all the girls being like, woo, and then like even, you know, just cruising around, being able to drive where you want, Mackinats, fucking drive down the plazas. That was like, seemed cool for me at the time when I was pretty young, okay? So what I'd done, I went and got another job working Saturday mornings at like a local hotel in like, uh, Echo Point down in like the I think uh, north part of Katoomba yeah just over near Echo Point so I'm like yeah okay I've already got my cool job at the butcher shop I want another job working Sunday mornings before I go to football and um, just more money then I'll be able to buy whatever I want so I got the job I started having to run the buffet breakfast for guests and then after that after breakfast is finished go and make some beds and then after I finished there I'd have to go to my soccer game but that job lasted about three or four weeks probably at the most I think probably four or five weeks at the most because I soon learned that I fucking hate hospitality and I would rather take the bus for life 
and you know it definitely wasn't for me I was like holy shit you know I don't know some people love hospitality respect to anyone in hospitality including my mum they like hospitality but it just wasn't for (laughs) I don't know it wasn't for me I was like, damn, I cannot do this. And especially bad since I'd finished making, you know, running around, serving all the all the hotel guests, breakfast and stuff. And then after that making beds, and then I'd go from there to my to, to my football game and I would just be exhausted. So that didn't last too long, but it was a cool experience. And it put me off hospitality for life, I'm pretty sure. Um so yeah, back to the night after soccer practice, sitting on the couch talking to my mum about what I wanted to do when I left school. She was open with me leaving school after year 10 on one condition, if I had an apprenticeship. So the discussion soon led to me opening up how I want to earn the most amount of money by doing the least amount of work. That's what I kind of had in my mind at the time. I'm like, man, I don't want to be in hospitality working for running around for different people. I want to earn good money by not having to do that. So in my mind, I had done too much labor intense work making those beds for those, you know, four weeks in that hotel. And I couldn't get out of my mind buying my new red Commodore Ute to drive around in and flex in front of the other 17-year-olds who didn't have a car yet, have all the hot girls wanting to come for drives with me. So that was my idea at the time. Um, So my mum told me about the great perks and benefits for a job. She knew some people that worked for the local government electrical network how it would, be, it would be great getting paid to you know drive around in the work trucks, construct and repair the power lines, go to different work sites every day, you get all the government incentives, you even get an RDO, a Rossa day off every second Monday. That's a long weekend every second week. Badass. I was starting to get very excited. Like, uh, I found out even you get a bunch of different tickets. You get your truck, HR truck license, forklift, crane, EWP, like your, your cherry ticket uh, to elevated work platform, basically a cherry picker ticket, dogging, rigging, and a bunch of different ones. Um, so I was getting super G'd up. I'm like, damn, I definitely want to come and work for these guys. Um, so I looked when the next opening date was for the applications, and it, w- it was actually quite soon. So I, I enrolled to, to do the tests, and I found out I had to do an, uh, I had to undertake an exam of like math, science, I think a little bit of English, and just basic problem solving. So four weeks later, my mum drove me down to the University of Western Sydney. That's what it was called at the time. The campus down there in Parramatta. So I was, I was fresh on my red pea plates. So I could have driven myself if my parents lent me their car. But my mum decided to drive me, which is fair enough. Fresh, they, they didn't trust me too much with my driving. I'd only got my red pea plates not long before. Um... And I was extremely appreciative since my for my mum for driving me down there, and especially since that puts everyone's lives at risk with her driving, like 
it's it's crazy driving with my mum. So I try and do it as as least amount of times as possible. Uh, yeah, and especially especially mum, she, she never used to like to drive to Penrith, which is just like 45 minutes down the highway. But this was like to Parramatta, down the, the M4, down uh, down Parramatta Road. If anyone from Sydney, or well, people from Sydney will know where that, where that is. But anyway, we made it to the University Hall, where I went in, I registered my name, and I was quite shocked at how many people were actually there for it. I thought it wouldn't be too many, but it it was packed. There was there were a bunch of different people there from you know different locations uh, there to sit for the tests. You know, I was confident in my abilities to sit the the test with the, with the science, maths, problem solving. Um, but after seeing the amount of people there for it, even full-grown men there to do the test for the apprenticeship, I started to feel a little bit more uneasy or not so confident. So I sat the test. I went pretty good. It was pretty straightforward. I came out and I was quite happy. I told my mum how I went and she told me how, you know, I'll probably, I, I will get an interview. She was confident in my abilities. So then I got ready for my roller coaster of a drive back up to the Blue Mountains as uh, Mum was driving me again back home, causing havoc on the highway. So yeah, after that, I think I waited a few weeks later, and yeah, a few weeks later, a letter arrived in the mail from the electrical company. I um, I, I received it in the mail, pressed it together, and I could feel uh, a few documents inside. So I got I got pretty excited. I opened it up and I received an interview. I was super excited, you know. I felt like I had already got the job. I was already visualizing my new shiny red ute, driving around, picking up birds, and um, all my mates being being jealous since I had a badass whip, and you know, and some of them are still in school doing year eleven and twelve. That's what I was already visualizing just by getting an interview. <laughs> So my interview, it was scheduled for two weeks' time. I, I went and spoke to my career advisor. I'm not, I'm not even sure if all high schools have career advisors anymore, but we had one at our school. We used to call her Mrs. Trunchbull, just because she was always on like mine and all my mates' cases all the time, since we were little smart asses running amok and just causing havoc in the, in the, in the school. But talking to her in a formal sense about my career, she was very, very nice and extremely helpful and, and, uh, and it, she, she was great help. Gave me some great tips for my interview, you know, what, what I should research. Like She's like, yeah, Chris, go and research everything about the company, the specific job you're doing, where, where you see yourself in 10 years, you know, all the, all the cliche interview questions. So I'm like, okay, okay. Then, like, what, two weeks later, the big day came, and I felt fully prepared. It was, it was my first proper job interview, you know, I was decked out, I was wearing my, I had my black shiny dress shoes on, my, my dress pants, a long sleeve dress shirt with tie, straight from tarot cash. Um, I had my resume with a handful of basic certificates that I'd acquired over the years, uh, I could even name every area that the electrical government uh, 
organization worked in. It was like, I, th- I still know that now. I think it's like Candos to to Aladala to the Hunter Valley. Like, I, I-, I could name a lot of facts about the company, what my job role would be. I felt very, very prepared. So the interview started, and I was sitting in front of two, in front of the the, the basically um, committee that was there interviewing me. It was two older males, and then a, a blonde lady. I think she was about you know forty or fifty, sitting in the middle, and she talked very very formal and, and sounded very very powerful, and she, she knew what was going on. So I was 17, I I had sweaty underarms, probably my hands were shaking a little, little. and then they started asking me where I'm from and what what my hobbies are. So so I told them, well, you know, I play representative football and that pretty much consumes my entire life. Then like, Chris, what's your 10-year plan? Oh, I was ready for that question. Okay, guys, my 10-year plan, I will no doubt be a project manager running my own jobs in 10 years' time. Facts. Come on, guys. And then, Chris, can you tell us about a time that you were in trouble and you used problem-solving skills to get out of it? Then I started to think, whoa, whoa, guys. I wasn't expecting that question. Um, And I think I... I don't even know what I responded to that. I think I said something stupid like, oh, I try and be very proactive with my thinking and not get myself in bad situations. I said something stupid, I'm pretty sure. Um, they asked me, can I show them anything practical I've made with my hands? And like, you know, with with timber or metal or anything like that. And I told them, um, yeah, I've, I've made a bunch of things with my dad in, in the den, in the garage at home. But uh, obviously, I couldn't bring it with with me, and they just like look at me weird. And then I realised that I should have brought some, you know, some some photos or examples to to show them. But I'll tell you about that later on. Um, and then they're like, "Okay, Chris, you see that electrical point over there on the wall? How many volts run through there?" I was like, "Hmm." I was thinking to myself. Uh, Look, bitch, I don't do all this practical science and building stuff. My life consists of playing sports, playing football every afternoon and weekend. Like, just give me a job so I can earn a bunch of money and uh, buy my ute and do as least amount of work as possible. But in reality, I said, hmm, how many volts does that PowerPoint have? I had no clue. I was like, um, not sh- I'm, I'm not sure. And then they asked me to take a guess. I said, uh, is it 100 volts? Nope. Try again, Chris. Uh, is it 150 volts? T- 200. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Then I think one of, the, one of the guys, he responds to me. Okay, Chris, it's 240 volts, single phase, and 415 fa- uh, phase to phase. I was like, oh, okay. Pretended like I was super interested that I'm learning. But um, I was thinking to myself... Like, who do these guys think? They do, do you guys think I'm the Nobel Prize winner for power physics? Or how the fuck am I supposed to know this? I'm 17 years old. But I, I acted nice, finished the rest of the questions, done all right. But um, you know that they asked me some some questions about tools and different ratchets, and I went good with everything else. But uh, 
you know, I walked out and I felt like I'd done okay. N- not good, but uh, but not bad. Okay, so I walked, walked out and, and then went back home. So one week passed, then two week passed, then three weeks passed, and I finally received a letter in the mail. I ran inside. I had a good feeling about it, actually. I opened the letter up, but unfortunately, I didn't get the position. They said, thank you. Try again next next time. There's more um, more, more tryouts in, in 12 months' time. Okay, so I was pretty devastated at the time. Just because I knew that uh, my, my shiny red ute... Would uh was slow was very quickly just slipping away from under me. I remember my older sister Rachel. She tried making me feel better. Chris, those apprentices that uh, that work for the electrical uh, that work for the electrical company, they get overpaid anyway. Just do another apprenticeship with a small domestic company. You know you'll do great, Chris. You're the type of guy that will start his own domestic uh, company and and you'll be you know famous around town. So she made me feel better. But um, yeah, and I started looking into all my options. My mum said, you know, even the, if I if I want an apprenticeship, I can go and work at the butchers. They'll one hundred percent give me an apprenticeship if I want. But that's not what I had my mind set on. So, excuse me. I ended up sitting down with my dad, and he told me I'm kidding myself if I think I'm leaving school. I started to stress out since I needed to do something quick smart which didn't involve school anymore. I was I was over it. I was over all the all the bullshit homework and and teachers that were, were on our backs giving us a hard time and uh, I, I'm like I wanted money. I wanted to start moving and doing doing more productive things. That's what that's what I had in my in my mind. But yeah, my dad sat me down. Look, Chris, I know you want to go out and start making money and save the world, but you, but do you know that what you'll be missing out on? That, that's what he said to me. I'm like, missing out on? What do you think I'll be missing out on? All our experiences, all a bunch of crap going on at school. And he's like, well, well, well. Firstly, my dad, he's a he, he's the high school head PDHPE teacher. So he he does know know what goes on. So he told me three things that I don't want to miss out on. Number one, the sports. He told me how it's the best two years as, uh, you know, year 11 and 12, I'd be the biggest and the best in all the sports. Boom. I, I, I never thought about that. So that's one thing. Then number two, he told me that I've got a ba- uh, I would have a way better relationship with the teachers since we're basically adults by the time. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Well, that, that, that makes sense. So I, I'd end up having a better time with it with the teachers. They won't be giving us such a, an, you know, annoying us so much as they had been doing, which we obviously deserved because we used to run, run amok and, you know, you know, cause a lot of shit at school. But, um, that was what I was thinking right then. Okay. It might be a little bit better in year 11 and 12. And then he told me number three, the girls, the parties, the vacation time, the formal we have at the end of the year. And he told me, just stay for those things and I won't regret it. So I was sold. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go year 11 and 12 for the sports, have a good time, run amok, and, um, and yeah, just 
it's a good time for all the all the parties that go on and so on and way way more holidays than just the normal four weeks a year that most people get when they start working so the next two years at high school ended up being two of the best years ever like literally i look back and year 11 year 11 and 12 were absolutely badass literally just playing sports we won we won nearly all the school sport tournaments we we shredded it with with all the soccer touch rugby um yeah like indoor soccer cricket everything I was supposed to get Sportsman of the Year, but I had been suspended a few weeks earlier before the presentation for playing a little practical joke on my maths teacher. Um, so that wasn't good, but um, it, w- it was funny at the time. I, uh, I even got to travel around. I represented the state in the Australian titles for, for football and futsal. And at that time, the parties going on were absolutely badass. So many, um, so many house parties, and yeah, it was it was just a badass time of my life. Um, I even got top of my school in metalwork and in business studies, so I was happy about that for for doing good, even though I was doing you know the minimum amount of work, and just just having a good time. But and a good thing that happened, by the time that we got to doing our HSC exams, that's the end of schooling exam that we do in Australia, I had already been offered multiple apprenticeships which I had applied for over the, the, the previous few months. And I ended up taking a, an apprenticeship with the same electrical company that I applied for two years earlier. I ended up going back two, year, two years, uh, sorry, like two years after my first interview, I went back, done the exact same interview, knew exactly what they were going to ask me and absolutely blitzed it. And they offered me a job. So I was super happy. Like at the time in year 10, when I didn't receive the position with the government electrical company, I was so disappointed. And I, I took that like a big failure. I'm like, damn, now what am I going to do with my life? So that was a great eye-opener that showed me sometimes things happen in your life for a reason. And looking back now, I wouldn't swap those, those two years in year 11 and 12 for anything. That was just a badass time in my life. And a few months into my apprenticeship, I even got to purchase my, my uh, VZ Commodore Ute, which was I was super stoked at the time. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to, to tell you about, that was one of my massive, or what I saw as, at the time, a massive failure in my life, uh, but it ended up turning out to be like one of the best things that happened. Set the foundations for, you know, for my apprenticeship, which led to me going into the electrical industry as a linesman, ended up working my way up to a leading hand project manager. But in that time, I got some of the best operational skills um, that, that you could think of, actually, just like dealing with a lot of uh, contractors, different workers, and it just set the foundations for, for my future. But yeah, so God's plan, baby. Hashtag God's plan. Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in to podcast number two of Getting Down with Chris Brown number one podcast in the world and it's only the second episode so stay tuned to hear what is coming up and um yeah i should have some some cool things coming out soon so let the good times roll baby peace